0: Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Coot Street is spending 10 minutes or so with with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they'd recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending 10 minutes or so with critically acclaimed, multiple award-winning, best-selling writer and editor Jack Dan, who joins me from the far side of Australia.
1: Hello, Jack. From the far side, here I am. hi Jonathan
0: see yesterday I nearly said to someone the right side of Australia because I'm on the left side of Australia but you're from Melbourne as well pretty much now and that's not the right side of anyone's Australia is it
1: yeah it's 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 become home oddly enough uh I go back to the states and uh I know how everything works but uh it's starting to feel odd after 817 years being here in uh, Australia with my Australian accent. Your Australian accent.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess eventually yeah, anywhere we can begin to feel like home. And of course, you've settled in. You've made friends and loved ones. Let me ask you this. How, how, how's this crazy time we're in treating you? How are you? Are you sort of functioning, reading, working, all that kind of thing?
1: Well, I had some, I had some eye surgery, so that cut down on the reading. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm reading again. Uh, I'm writing, you know, I'm at the farm. Uh, it feels like nothing has really changed and yet everything has changed. Uh, I, I guess it's the difference be- between, you know, you know, George Martin used to call me the hermit of Binghamton. There's a difference between deciding to stay home yeah. And having to stay home.
0: Yes, that is very true. And, you know, I mean, I know where you are down, sort of, down towards the bottom corner of Australia there, and I know it's beautiful, and I know where you are is stunning, but even so, when you're behind windows and you can't go out too much, or at least when you can't go and socialize, it's gotta drive you a little bad Yeah. In.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we're so far out here, as you know. I mean, you know, I can go out and wander around in the fields, but, uh, Although I'm zooming, uh, and, and contacting people, uh, that I haven't seen in 20 years. So, uh, it goes both ways. I don't know.
0: So let me ask you this question as part of what we're here for. What are you reading at the moment, if anything, and critically, is it
1: any good? Okay. Uh, you know, let me give you a book that I reread every 10 or 20 years, being a young guy. Uh, and I recommend this to any writer or artist who's feeling that he's out there and that no one gives a shit. Uh, it's a book by, uh, Jean Dutour and it's called Plouche or The Love of Art. It's a, it's a, it's a novel about, uh, about an artist. Who, uh, you know, like, like a day by day memoir. And he's not famous, he's just good. And it will just make you feel better. I also just read an anthology that I did an introduction, uh, one of the introductions, uh, by a guy named Jonathan Strawn. Yeah. Strange guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that, that's your best of Lafferty. I thought that was a terrific read.
0: Yeah, I mean, taking me out of it, I mean, Ray is a, w- was a wonderful, eccentric, interesting, strange writer. And the stories there are all terrific. They really are.
1: Yeah, it was a great collection. And I just did, uh, I just did an introduction, uh, to uh, Kate Wilhelm's uh, uh, two volume collection for the uh, Masters of Science Fiction uh, series uh, that Centipede Press is doing. Which, and it's a it's a terrific collection, but I fear that it's uh, already sold out. Well, I mean,
0: I always hope that those sort of things will be made available, maybe an ebook as well, so that readers can find them and enjoy them. Let me ask you: since I mean, Kate Wilhelm's a great touchstone, um, and some of our relationship times crosses over there in odd ways. But let me ask you: what is it about Kate Wilhelm in twenty twenty to you that keeps her readable?
1: I think she's, she, she was a deep writer. Uh, she, she wrote, uh, I think it was her, it, it was her sense of psychological truth, which, uh, which she expresses through fiction. Uh, I mean, some of her stuff is, is horrifying. Simply because, uh, of the way she juxtaposes the strange and weird and the absolutely normal. Like, like one of the stories, uh, it was written during the Vietnam era and, uh, it's about, uh, it's about a a squad of soldiers going through a town. And wrecking absolute havoc. Except the town is in Midwest Ohio, and it just scares the crap out of you because it just, it, it just, it just brings it home in, in you know, so immediately.
0: I'm, I'm struck that for all that Kate wrote, some wonderful and award-winning fiction. Stories like Forever Yours, Anna, I think, or, uh, was the title of one one of the stories. There's Strangers, Strangers, Charm and Spin, The Winter Beach,
1: bunch of stories.
0: I I kind of feel like she never quite got the recognition she totally deserved.
1: I don't think she did either. Uh, I mean, you know, she, she did, uh, she started, uh, you know, uh, uh, Clarion and affected, uh, an an enormous amount of writers. Uh, but for me it was in the 70s when she was writing the novelettes and novellas, uh, for Damon Knight's Orbit series. Uh, she was influenced by Jung and, uh, the stuff just, the stuff just stays with you. Why she, why she wasn't more in quotes prominent it, it it just beats me because she was prolific. She was successful, you know, writing suspense and mysteries, uh, you know, the genre. You know, she, she was successful in the genre. Uh, I mean, she should have a reputation like Le Guin.
0: In many ways, I would agree. So, so, uh, so let me ask you this. This is what yeah. you've been reading. As what, I blather on. No, 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 no. But we are 15 minutes – well, we're, we're 10 minutes with, which sometimes becomes 15 or so minutes with, which is fine. Um, what is there that – you mean, know, if people were looking for stuff to fill their time to read, is there something beyond this that you would recommend? To annoy another friend of mine, I've previously framed this as being Proust or Pratchett. Do you read something challenging and worthwhile or something light and fun? But, I mean, setting that ridiculous dichotomy aside, is there something you'd recommend?
1: You mean aside from my book, right?
0: Aside from your book, we'll get to
1: that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, I guess i i read I read both. For instance, I read uh, uh, Charlie Gannon's "Mark of 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 Cain," which I which I enjoyed, which is like hard, you know, hard SF uh at the same time uh at the same time i'm still trying to read the anatomy of melancholy uh by robert burton which which i'm if you don't try to if if you don't let the latin stop you uh then maybe it's readable but i've just got this thing that <laughs> and i do i keep trying proust and i i get a i get to the point where he smells the biscuit
0: <laughs>
1: and i go a little farther and then i start thinking we need some forward motion here
0: yes it's not enough to, to be smelling the biscuit
1: <laughs> yeah, so so uh what else uh, I just read Catch 22 which which is which is which which still works. Uh I like John Crowley's car. Uh I'm still trying t- uh I'm still trying to read everything by James Joyce. Which I can't get through, which is everything except portrait of the artist. <laughs> and I read that when I was like 12 or 13 and it was like my life. So,
0: uh. Okay. Uh,
1: is, how, how's that? That's brilliant.
0: So let me ask you this then. Obviously you're. A gentleman of leisure. Now you're enjoying rural Victoria, sweeping views, oceans, all sort of No time for for work at all. Is there any t- what, what have you been doing? Do you have any any workout that that, re- that readers could be looking out for?
1: The new novel. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So there's a name. Uh, this new novel. Yeah, it's called Shadows in the Stone, and uh, it's basically Paradise Lost. Uh, rewritten for the renaissance yeah uh it's it is alternate history it may be historical fantasy it uh it sits uh it sits right on the line
0: because this really is the uh the second book if not in a set at least in a spiritual pair with your best-selling award-winning much loved novel, the memory cathedral.
1: Yeah, I, in a sense, I consider it, I do consider it. And how do I say this? Uh, It's an emotional sequel. Mm, mm. And, uh, and, and some of the characters, uh, I, I, I plucked one or two characters from the memory cathedral, uh, and, uh, it's a very different book. In a way, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a more complex book in certain ways, uh, than, than, than the Memory Cathedral. And, uh, look, you know where it started? Uh, you know, George Martin is, we we sort of came up together in the old days it's a shame that he didn't make it but you know some some writers fall by the wayside wayside. yeah and i swore that i would never write in quote a fat fantasy
0: yeah
1: and i you know and i think that was the wrong thing for me to uh to think about because as soon as i said that i started thinking in terms of writing you know uh a book on that uh, on that kind of scale, yeah. Which of course I thought would be you know uh, you know more than one book, yeah. But the characters dictated what it was going to be, yeah. And
0: uh, so, I mean, the Memory Cathedral came back came out a while ago. It was a huge success around the world. When did yeah. Shadow and the Stone become something you were working on?
1: I have to figure, unfortunately, uh, about six years per book. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's been a little while. So somewhere, somewhere around so the, 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 so, the
0: middle of the last decade.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I mean, I you know I tied it into uh, to my PhD in that uh, uh, the University of Queensland, you know, paid me to. Uh, you know, to initially write the book. And, uh, and what I found is that doing the actual thesis, the nonfiction side of it, uh, which I thought was going to be horrible, you know, it was, it was completely out of my comfort zone. Uh, and I really got into it. So, uh, I had to get special permission to, uh, uh, to go it a much longer length. <laughs> So tell me,
0: was there a moment when you had to elevator pitch the book? When you had to say something, this is what Shadows in the Stone
1: is. Uh, that's my elevator pitch. Uh, it's Paradise Lost in the in, in the Renaissance. Which <laughs> uh, is great. You know that, that that's that's how that's how I would uh, that's how I would that's how I would that would be the first line if I if if I was you know in L.A. Uh, doing the thing uh i mean one of the ma- one of the main characters is john d and uh and i i had i had some i had some material that that is not easily accessible i have one of uh, uh, one of john d's books that was reprinted only once in the 70s and it was done in like 1500 copies so when I was doing spells and all the crazy stuff, I was actually using these material. Uh, sounds fascinating. So this and, is and part of the book yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. No, you go. no, I was gonna say that part of the book takes place uh uh in the US during the Civil War, the American Civil War. Uh and, uh, mo- and, and, and some of it takes place in Palestine, uh, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. But the majority takes place in, uh, in Florence and Venice.
0: Wonderful. So
1: if anyone- so I, I the, tried writing it, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I tried writing it as, 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 uh, I wanted it to work on the level of an, of an action story. With all the layers underneath it. Okay. Enough promo from Carol. No, not at all. Here.
0: I was just going to say though, I mean, just so that anyone who's listening, who's listening, you know, people who are listening understand that Shadows in the Stone is out now. There will be a link in the show notes to be able to get it from the
1: publisher who is... IFWG in Australia. And you can get it on Amazon, uh, Apple, you, anywhere, you know. Anywhere good books see, are sold. That's right. Exactly. I wanted to say that, but you see I I'm so subtle. No
0: <laughs> <that> I... <laughs> Let us not. Let us not. Let us let us admit that, you know this if the purpose of this conversation is not to sell books, to some degree the podcast is and if if we can join the reader who needs to read Shadows in the Stone up with a copy of it, then that sounds like a very good way to spend a little bit of time today.
1: And this is a great time to do it, I mean, because you know I mean, it's great for all of the authors that uh, that you interview because it brings them, you know, it it brings them to uh, to to new readers. Yeah,
0: and, and readers need books, and I'm I'm convinced yeah. there is out there who need this one. But for the moment, Jack Dan, thank you so very much for making the time to talk to me today.
1: It was my pleasure.